TheItSpot.com It burns, Master! It burns us! What kind of man drug you take me for? I was intoxicated. No, I'm not drunk, madam, but you give me an idea. A very bad habit. I don't understand why only gay men get to have a bear fetish. You're listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Good Lord, why do I always have a headache every time we do this? Hmm. I probably say that at the beginning of every episode, but we cut it out. Sorry, there's especially a lot of noise outside at the moment. There's a homeless man shouting in a parking lot, and someone is blaring John Cougar Mellencamp, and he's singing to it. Hmm. The homeless man. It's funny. Can't hear but, it. But it's disturbing. So... Welcome back. Yeah, hell yeah. Been a fucking while. It's another wonderful episode of Air Up My Shorts. I'm Preston Buttons. I'm the word whore. And boy, have we got news for you. We do? No. Why Why would you tease me? Why would you tease me like that? I was excited. I thought you had news. No, well, uh, some amazing news is that uh, I saw Skyfall. Oh, how was it? I liked it. I still like Casino Royale better, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I, <laughs> Mrs. Buttons and I also, last night, we watched, just by fluke, uh, I saw on Facebook that the Hobbit premiere was about to start. You mean ticket sales for it? No, the, in New Zealand, the red carpet oh. for uh, the premiere. And, oh, uh, man, I would have killed to go to that. Well, yes, that would have been wonderful, but... Uh, we got to go there via the internet. Cool. I've I've got a TV that's got an HDMI, so mm. which I finally figured out how to make it not look terrible. Right. And so uh, we ended up watching that for three hours last night. Oh, that's awesome! In inane uh, interviews with thirteen or twelve dwarves, thirteen, thirteen dwarves, and a few other people. Uh, but it was. I'm it was really fun. very excited. Yeah, I can't wait till. It comes out. It's going to be super fun. I think it's another couple of weeks before it makes it here. The 12th or the 14th, I believe. But I, I got a message saying I could buy advance tickets. So I might do that. Yeah, I heard something about that. Because too. I'm going to be geeky enough to go to the midnight showing the night of. And I think Mumblebee will be here. So I, I don't think I'll have to twist his arm. Yeah. When did you first read The Hobbit? Probably when I was about 10 or so. Yeah. Our fourth grade teacher read it to us slowly over the course of the whole year. There was just, instead of one class, we just had like a, you know, 20 minute every day. It was so great. That is cool. I'll never forget it. But then I, I think I reread it again a few years later. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read it, but I'd like to, like to yeah, do that me again. too. I kind of meant to read it before the movie came out, but... Maybe I'm glad I didn't. I think it's going to be just such a nice, nostalgic, warm, fuzzy thing. Anyway, yeah, I'm super excited. I haven't seen a movie in ages. And I can't think of the last time I was this excited about any movie. So that's that. What's going on with you in the world of the Buttons and the Mrs. Buttons? Are the two of you hauled up in that little basement apartment of yours? Yeah, still. Good Lord. Aren't you driving each other mental? Uh, it's been okay. I mean, it's not, not a ton of room. But, I, would uh, think, I would think between the two of you, you could do better now. Uh, you would think so. But, Just uh, saying. I'm, I'm not going to get on your case and depress you again over it. But and, yeah, No, you don't have to. <laughs> uh, I've hardly worked at all. And so I'm... I'm about as destitute as I've ever been. Oh, well, you've had no time for me or the show, so I assumed you were working your ass off. Uh, well, I'm doing other stuff. But like just, what? just none of it's profitable. Oh, are you writing movies again? Trying to. Trying to and trying to finish off shooting something gotcha. that's taking forever. And, of course, I get the blame, mm. even though it's not my fault. 
It's all your fault, Buttons. It's always all your fault. Yeah, well, when you're responsible for it, it is. But Exactly. People also wonder why it's not done and then make themselves unavailable to do it. So there you go. Yep. I could do it tomorrow, quite literally. We could do it all, but hey. Yep. You can get everyone else together and get all that we need. But of course, you know, you're not going to do that. So I have to do it. I'm it's the nature of the beast, man. It is. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But given that that's the case, I would have thought you'd have a little more time for me and our listeners. Yes. Well, bastard. Again, it's timing. Yeah. And Wednesdays are always good for you. And it's, it's the only day of the week that isn't good for me. But this time, because it's been so long, I made an exception. I am missing poker night because of this recording. So it better be a good show, man. What poker night starts at this time of day? Well, we call it poker night, but it's not really a poker night. A friend of ours has a poker night. Oh, we've had him on the show, but many, many years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, um, Big Bad Bruce, the one who used to call us and make no sense, speak a lot of gibberish. Um, he He has a poker night. And all of the boy, it's boys only. And I think I told you before, I was the only female ever allowed to play at his poker table, which was a huge honor. But I only got to go once. And then all other girls said, well, we got to go. Why can't I come? So then they had to put a stop to it altogether again. So I'm the only female they've ever let to their poker table. Forever and ever. Amen. Anyway, we call it poker night because then all the poker widows have dinner because all their boys are away. I see. So we we call it poker night even though we don't play poker. We just, we pick a different restaurant every time and have a nice dinner and talk shit. Woman talk. Well, if we get this done quick enough, you can go join. No, the dinner starts at seven. And I'm filthy, dirty, and covered in... You don't eat. (laughs) I'm filthy, dirty, and I'm covered in paint. There's no way I'm going to make it. But that's okay, because we are long overdue to put out a show. This is, this is, tonight, this is more important. But Uh, yes, in the future, that's why Wednesdays aren't ideal for me. I see. Unless we do it earlier in the day, and I don't get drunk while we're recording, which is sometimes a problem. Do you have any other news? Uh, I can't think of anything. It's been so long, I figured there would be so much, but I'm drawing a blank. I'm just living like a hermit, and my entire place looks like a Dexter kill room. It's covered in plastic and paint, and it's so messy dirty. And Mumblebee's coming here soon, and I need to clean up big time. I might have to actually call Molly Maids or something. It's bad. Um, I've been living like a total pig. How are the upstairs neighbors? Actually, they've been much better. The building manager had a long talk with them about the you can't throw water over the balcony. So a friend of mine told me that that it's sort of like a part of Cuban culture, that there's sort of a, a spiritual cleansing thing. And he thinks that's what they're doing. I don't know if I told you that before. He he said they they so it's might not malicious. Not, he said they might not understand that they can't do it, and they might not stop because it's it's an almost religious thing. But the building told them absolutely no, you can't do that anymore. So she's been doing it only when it's raining. But well, that's you no. Know. But the the good news is that helps me because if it's you know when it starts to rain, I bring all my stuff in, so it's fine. Right. So, yeah, I'm cool with it. But the building was mad as hell. They said, like, nobody should ever be pouring anything off of, you know, because all the cars are below. And yeah, somebody, and bleach water, be, too. Exactly. Anyway, it's been much, much better. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, and so they haven't done anything. They, what about the stamping on the floor and stuff like that? That still happens. Yeah. Maybe it has nothing to do with you. It, it It's... There's no way it can't Maybe. just be a total coincidence that it happens every time I make curry. I make curry a lot, but... Maybe it sends them into some frenzied dance or something. <laughs> right. That's funny. 
No, I think it's just a, a childish objection to the smell, which to me smells incredible. But to each his own. Anyway, that's that. I do, I do have some pet peeves, and we haven't done pet peeves in a long time. I think at one point we even had a jingle. Oh, I'm getting a text message. Oh, it's Dan Dan the Pants Down Man. Yeah, I just got a phone call. Oh. I, I don't know if you heard that. Oh, shit. I might lose power, he said. Something bad happened, and his, pow- his power just went out, and apparently Florida Light and Power are running around like crazy on his street trying to fix something. I seem to still have power. You certainly do. Yeah, I guess it would knock out my internet, so I would go away. So uh, hopefully that won't happen. Apparently somebody posed as a Florida Light and Power worker and used it to rob some people that came to their door, and that's how he got in and robbed them. That's pretty awful. I'm sure that happens fairly often. Mm, Probably. I don't know. I lead a sheltered life, man. So, pet peeves. Yeah, I was saying at some point we had a jingle for them, and now I've forgotten the jingle and what we were calling them because I said they weren't really pet peeves. They're just things that make me nuts. Yeah, I can't remember. It's almost always about advertising. For some reason, I've I've got a real fucking bee in my bonnet over commercials. It's not uh, about the uh, toilet paper bears, is it? No, I've done that one to death, but that still makes me crazy. No, this one actually isn't about TV ads. It's it's two phrases that make me nuts. Hot mess is one. It was stupid in the first place, but what drives me nuts about it is people are aren't even using it right. To me, hot mess means, you know, it's like the the stereotypical hot drunk chick making an ass of herself. But I've noticed within the, like over the last year, people are starting to refer to themselves as a hot mess. You know, like, oh, I was a hot mess. And I'm like, you're calling yourself hot. I never understood the original meaning of it. I just thought it meant uh, bad. I could be wrong about the original meaning, but that's what it means to me. So it makes me crazy when people refer to themselves as a hot mess. I mean, maybe maybe it never meant that. Well, fortunately, I don't actually know a lot of people who uh, use the term. It's mostly in on TV shows and maybe entirely limited to reality shows. But well, it, maybe you should watch better TV then. I should watch better TV. But you, you know me. I, I keep my TV on sort of as background noise company. Anyway, it drives me nuts. The other one I'm, I'm torn about. It drives me nuts, but it's funny. So it's not like hot mess. It's not in the same category. Assless chaps. They're, if they have an ass in them, they're called pants. Why do people say assless chaps? I know it sounds funnier. Okay? So I, given comic value, I get it. It's funnier to say assless chaps. It sounds funnier. But they're not chaps if they're not assless. Uh, All chaps are a, assless. That's a it good point. fucking crazy. But everybody... Whoever mentions chaps say assless chaps drives me nuts. Are chaps attached anywhere? Well, it, they're sort of like a belt-like thing right? that goes under your real belt if you're wearing one. Sort of a buckle-type deal. They're strap-on pants with no bum. Right. They're chaps. You could equally call them crotchless <laughs> chaps. Right. <laughs> sort of, yeah crotchless chaps maybe that's what well maybe i'll just start referring to chaps not that i have need to refer to them very often in my day-to-day life but i'll start calling them assless pants (laughs) uh yeah i don't know uh referring to myself as a cold mess (laughs) i mean when it comes down to it i don't uh this is not another term that i ever really hear that often so well i know angry phone guy uses it you know he always uses it when he's like screaming about queerville or something something like that yeah 
<laughs> he just has some sort of association that everyone's running around in assless chaps in that neighborhood of Toronto. <laughs> but um, no, I heard it recently, I think maybe on Mediocre Show. Eric tomorrow is a is a biker, so he must be just saying it for comic value. I mean, he knows all chaps are assless, and it's redundant to say assless chaps, but it does sound funnier that way. So that it, one, it is true. It does sound for, funny. It's forgivable, but it still makes me crazy. Speaking of mediocre show, remember when I told you I'd strangely started uncharacteristically putting on weight? Yes. I've decided they're to blame. It's not genetics. It's not that I've reached a certain age. It's their fault. They talk about food all the fucking time. And they're giving me cravings for things I would normally never eat. It's their fault. They talk about mostly junk food all the time. And I didn't know, I didn't put it together until their show last week when they actually said, oh my God, we're talking about food again. I realized they're giving me cravings for things and I then go find it and eat it. I didn't even know. It's all their fault. This new belly. It's not the beer. Of course not. No, of course not. I'm not giving that up. Uh, Mrs. Buttons and I blame it on uh, Midsummer Murders and The Lord of the Rings. How? How? Well, because Midsummer. Following that logic at all. Midsummer Murders is just one of those, you know, English cheesy murder mystery shows. Yeah. Uh, where you just have to have some kind of pie or something while you're watching it. With the, yeah. you know your tea and your pie, I get that. I'm not a big dessert person, but I never used to be. Now, if it's thematic, I'm into it. Uh, and then, of course, you know the Lord of the Rings with their ten meals a day or whatever. <laughs> Second breakfast. I love breakfast. I could eat breakfast for every meal of the day. Breakfast is good. Mm. Oh, and I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's been so long since we recorded, we missed both Canadian and American Thanksgiving. And I had both Canadian and American Thanksgiving. Me too. I'm liking this celebrating both thing. I I love turkey. Friggin' love turkey. Turkey's good. I made turkey tetrazzini with my leftover turkey. And I've been living on that for like the last four days. And it's so fucking good. It's orgasmic. And it might it may be the best thing I've ever ever cooked. It's freaking awesome. Anyway, um, we should probably read a story, but first I have to pee, and uh, I'm much farther away from the water closet, so you might not hear the toilet flush, and that will make me sad. Oh, you never got back to me about my idea of doing a spoof of the Archie Bunker theme song. Yeah, I don't remember that. Really? I remember the email, but I haven't looked at it in ages, so. I think it would be really funny. But I'd like to get other podcasters to do make their own verse and have like a big sort of, you know, we are the world kind of version of it. Because all of the other shows that have been around as long as us have been going through the same thing as us about, you know, this kind of podcast nostalgia i I like the resurgence you know there's sort of a a a camaraderie between all of the indie shows that have been around since the beginning that has been sparked i think by the celebrities doing them you know yeah it's like we were never part of the community like the power no i know we were always really bad at the at the you know whatchamacallit traveling to california yeah, <laughs> the stuff we couldn't afford and the schmoozing and the networking and the we did talk about it. And you do you go to the Keith and the girl thing every year. That's true. So, yeah, you're you're not not involved, but but we should have done a better job in the early days. Anyway, I have to pee. OK. And my beer is empty. And then we will go right into a story which I believe tonight will be from a young man called Max Max. Correct? Perhaps. Well, I know we don't we don't have many in the bag. There are four stories in the mailbag. So 
let's remind everybody again to please get your goddamn story submissions in. Please and thank you. We don't have a show without your contributions, just like PBS. I'll be right back. Bye. I will try not to be noisy, but I just realized I'm trapped and I can't get out to go to the bathroom. That was perfect timing. my favorite part of the show oh this is insane I don't have my headphones on yet so I can't hear you I just got a Facebook message from you that says you're setting up recording now and that you forgot about recording why did I just get that now I don't know that's weird did you send it from some strange contraption nope huh I sent it I don't know an hour ago or something Okay, well, I just got it now. All right, so I have looked in the mailbag. Yay! And I found um, something. Is it a story? It is a story. Oh, well, that's that's what it says. (laughs) Hey, kids, here's a story I wrote when the word horse said you were really short of short stories on the show. Which would be every day. Yes. Enjoy. Every show. And that is from Max... Uh, from the Eight Minutes on High podcast. Yay! That's at the number eight minutes on high dot com. Check Not out the show. Not to be confused with Eight Miles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I kept calling it for the first month. Eight Miles on High. Nope. You will get something different if you go there. That's Eight mm. Minutes on High dot com. Go listen to what the stuff. What they have like, to say. If you if you like politics and movies and crap like that. I'm bad at audio quality. Yes. Get a compressor, boys. I know, they, but they get enough shit. They've always had so much shit from uh, TTN about that, so we don't need to add to that pile. Uh, so that, anyway. That pile's a hot mess. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it means like a steaming pile of shit. Well, that's kind of what I thought it meant. Okay, so I could be wrong. Maybe I have no right to be mad about it, but I still hate it, and I wish people would stop saying it. The end. This is called O'Malley and the Gnome. He specifically said it would be better if you read the plunge after the story. Didn't we do O'Malley and the Gnome? No. We did one about a dwarf and one about a troll. (laughs) Apparently, I loaded the plot plunger with such things. It's my fault. Now bring the wagon, bring the rugs, we're going home. O'Malley, leading a brace of horses in his left hand, calling out rugs, carpets, great flyers if ye must know, runners, throws, and tapestries. O'Malley, glorious mane of auburn hair curling in every direction, stumbled through scrub pine with a well-muscled short but incredibly strong little gnome in hand. This feels kind of hobbitish. It does. I feel like I'm in the Shire. If there were gnomes in the Shire. Hey, I, I went on a site that um, lets you send postcards from the Shire and nobody I sent them to got them. And it was really sad because they were lovely. Oh, they probably went straight into junk. I guess so. Made me sad. I was really excited about them. They were beautiful. 
but they didn't fucking work. I just found out that, like, for some reason, they've turned on some kind of email filtering at my domain, mm-hmm. and and all the the junk that I actually signed up for hasn't been coming through. Oh, which which is fine for a lot of the stuff, but it's also blocked other people's emails for no reason. Aww. Like I I got uh, an email from a friend today just well actually because i looked into this she sends emails all the time you have friends that are girls uh (laughs) yes well this is a mutual friend okay this is a mutual friend of ours i don't know what we've called her before have we referred to her before give me a hint i think so uh bobina no um uh she who must not be named no, no, no. Um, Ms. Holloway. No, Taiwan. Oh, cheese grater. <laughs> That's who. Yes, cheese grater. I've been on the phone with her all day. <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, it's not like I get tons of emails from her, but but occasionally if she has a question about something like that, I'll get them, but then... Oh, come you know, on. I, I got She's this a thing. million times smarter than you. She would never be asking you a question. Yeah. Um, That's ridiculous. Any anyway, she sent an email like on Friday, and it's, it's almost a week later, and I saw it in this trash can that is now s- selecting out, and someone else the same thing. It's like what the fuck? Huh? Dot easy. Don't make your decisions for me. Strange. I don't know, man. Okay, I think we were reading a story. Back to the Shire. O'Malley, glorious mane of auburn hair curling in every direction. You did? Yes. Oh, hold on. She's stomping, and I'm not making curry. I probably am just talking too loud. At least that's what he thought. Truth is that poor Alabaster McGillicuddy's oldest and most level-headed son lay at the moment on a wafer-thin, leathery, tattered mattress, cracked and downy bare in places, upon a steel-framed gurney from a Korean War-era inebriate asylum, where Mr. O'Malley had languished these last 40 years since his incarceration as a young man. I read that so badly. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I kind of got every word, but it was just in total slow motion. She was a lovely lass, and O'Malley had every right to drink her out of his mind. We have had no mention of a lass. I'm confused. Alabaster McGillicuddy wasn't a lass? Hmm. Fuck me, he shouted at no one, everyone. Fuck you. This time a mumble. And then, oh, I didn't mumble that. Fuck you. I I don't think I'm capable of a mumble. Then the kind of mumbled under the breath incantation that is only made can only be made. Not by the mad or the sober, but rather the truly deeply heartfully angry man upon whom every sour bit and thoroughly evil stern of meanness, like venom of a hive, unto and in the direction of and for the benefit of the thing that he, this oh, solitary. Oh, you missed a sentence there. This is all just one big long sentence. I know. Evil stern of bad luck throughout. Oh, sorry. I skipped a line, you mean. Yes. Okay. Um, how far back do I have to go? Why am I salivating so much? I don't know. Deeply, heartfully angry man upon whom every sour bit and thoroughly evil stern of bad luck throughout is begotten. Life can be focused passionately, pointedly, and with a mean meanness, like venom alive, onto and in the direction of and for the benefit of the thing that he, this sullen man, blames most for his own misfortunes. Fuck you, he said to the girl, that glorious lass with the raven black hair and those oh-so-light-blue eyes. Fuck you, you fucking bitch. And though he closed his eyes, he still saw her in his mind. 
Bum, bum, bum. Then O'Malley cursed the gnome in his own right hand. And fuck you and your so-called powerful magic and your goddamn big balls and your goddamn tight little green motherfucking elf pants, you fucking man bitch. <laughs> Were they assless pants? <laughs> I assume so. He could see his balls, so they must have been crotchless. Oh no, they were just tight. <laughs> All directed at Fred, the gnome. The gnome's name is Fred? That's cute. Hold on, I'm scrolling. A real gnome from the gnome book. Sure his hat was gone. Sure O'Malley had him by the long red strands of hair that most assuredly every stinking gnome in the world must possess. The hair of the fiend himself. Red of evil, mane of fire. O'Malley felt it burn his hand. It burns, master! It burns us! <laughs> Turn it off, he shouted. Not ironically, a small puff of smoke emerged as the little bastard with the obviously outsized testes in his overtight gnome pants and dangling from O'Malley's right hand as he lay on the gurney turned off the fire as commanded. For, though indeed he was a magical creature, and though indeed he was being dragged by a spotted septuagenarian through the hollow, hallowed hills of a most deeply shaded and... Septuagenarian. Septu... It means you're in your septu... Yes, I know. Septuagenarian. Is that how you spell it? Um, there's an extra word and an extra letter in it. I thought so, yeah. Septuagenarian. A spotted septuagenarian. Now I can't say it. Stop scotting all over it. Oh, it's not a sotted. It's not even spotted. And though, indeed, he was being dragged by a sotted septuagenarian through the hollow, hallowed halls of a most deeply shaded and shadowy institution. He was till that point being dragged by a man greater than seven times his size, and who, while inebriated, aged, and delirious, seemed to command a certain respect, if not downright fear, in the poor little magical though capable creature. And so it was that as O'Malley tried desperately to sell his rugs, his carpets, his tapestries of love, that he had spent his entire life skillfully crafting and through his own blood and magic had imbued the fantastic creations with the very ability to fly. He was at least, at last, and at most still desperate, for he had literally put his life into his wares. Bum, bum, bum. These rugs had taken his life, his wife, and his years. And now, as he had realized that his time was nearly past, and while he hated her fair beauty and her very perfection, he wished nothing more than to have his youth and his young wife back. So he'd gathered each of the last bit of his great productions of magic carpets and set out to sell them in order that he may grow wealthy. Then, with the one great wish that surely this little Gaelic bastard he held by his hair would grant him, either through mercy or intimidation, he could once more become young and rich and win back the girl. These thoughts filled his mind. As the gurney turned and headed down the marble stairwell, the gnome magically impelled it forward in the long-abandoned institution for men. The aged giant, possessed of delirious and driven over the edge. Delusions. What? The uh, aged giant, possessed of delusions. The aged giant, possessed of delusions and driven over the edge by demon rum. Rum. Mm. He let go of the gnome as the wheeled aisle cart tumbled down the marble. Whoa! He cried as it passed through what was clearly at one time a marble handrail, but which now was merely a direct path to a tiled basement floor. As he headed down that hole, he realized in a moment of clarity so common among the pre-dead that he wasn't in a scrub pine forest at all. He whispered at the red-haired creature on the ledge above, Fucking bastard. Bum bum bum. You can't bum 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 at the end. <sighs> That That's was O'Malley the and the end. Gnome. 
And he, Max Max wanted us to read the plot plunger plunge at the end of the story. Yes. What is it? It is rug seller blasphemer hauls home estrogen deficient garden gnome to live a longer life. Oh, it's lovely. Indeed. God, our plunger's good. <laughs> let's make a phone call. I enjoyed that immensely. I said, let's make a phone call. Am I not allowed to say I enjoyed the story first? No. Fuck you, too. Hello? Hello. Hey. You're on the air with Press and Buttons and the Word War. Hey, guys. How's it going? Long time no speak. Long time no speak. It How certainly are you, has Dreamy been. Dean? I've been pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm standing out in the freezing cold right now working. On a movie um, set? On a movie set. What, what's your job today? Uh, I am the uh, star of uh, the um, upcoming Benicio Del Toro film. Good. Yay! Are you the yeah. butt? Are you the butt double? <laughs> well, God, you know me, don't you? <laughs> Sorta. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just a lowly grip as usual. Aww. Standing in the fucking cold. I know what that's like. I don't want to rub it in or anything, but I keep forgetting it's winter up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, what, what, are you, what are you drinking right now? I am drinking a Cat Piss Heineken. That sounds very nice. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I needed. What's, oh. new, what's new with you? We haven't talked to you in 100 years. We know you're in a new band. We have plugged them mercilessly. Oh, really? Have you been to our Bandcamp page? I have. That's dasrad.bandcamp.com. Yes. Plug um, away. Yeah, we have a couple songs up there. We're playing some gigs. I think they're wonderful. Some guy, um, some lo- local booker, he just like gave us this glowing review in a, in a podcast he does. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of it offhand. It's on our Facebook page. Though. Well, he it's definitely it. not as important as this one. No, no, no. He like he 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 only does that because he's in love with it, with with uh with our singer. And... <laughs> oh shit! Did I just say that? Yes, you did. Oh. Do you want us to delete it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. If they, you 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 podcast people like I don't know. For all I know, you all know each other. We sometimes do. Uh, Although Buttons and I were just talking about the fact that we did a very bad job of of getting involved in the whole community. A very bad job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What we're, happened? We're not as we're we're just not as interactive with other podcasters as we probably should have been. We're the right. wallflower of the community. We're standing mm-hmm. in yeah. the corner, waiting for we're someone standing to ask in the corner, us to dance, staring your staring your drinks, just going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, how's your love life? Pretty slow at the moment. Hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hoping that would be some good, good, interesting fodder, but I guess not. Um, why, why slow? I would think that as soon as you're in a new band, you'd have a whole new batch of groupies. No, no, because um, problem being is that uh, the band's target audience is a bit young for me. Oh. Lots of lots of attractive uh, girls come come to our shows, but they're too young for you. Oh yeah, I'm just like I'm. Uh, no, I can't. Ah, Because right. <laughs> you're old like us. Yes. Right. But you're not quite yep. as old as us. I thought I was older than you. No, you're you You're a year younger than me. I thought I was a year older than you. No, I'm pretty sure oh, you're really? a year younger than me. I know that when I well, met... That's a testament to how young you look. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet because I've been feeling extra old lately. But um, I know that when I met you, or before I met you, Mumblebee told me, he, he referred to you as the kid he worked with at the grocery store. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> so, still call him the kid. So I know you're younger than him. Yeah. For some reason, I'm pretty sure you're a year younger than me. Okay. I could be wrong. <laughs> well, take the word whore's word for it. As you should. What uh, gigs do you have coming up? We're playing a place called um, the White House Room, I think it's called. It's in Kensington. That sounds cool. Kensington Market in Toronto. I don't know that. Uh, it's like a, it's a, it's, I think it's like an, like an art space. It's not an actual club. It's like um, a DIY venue kind of thing, mm-hmm. which um, 
the Das Rads kind of little scene. It's a bunch of bunch of young bands, and they they kind of shun the bars and just kind of make their own parties and stuff. And they're kind of fun. Some of them are kind of like, well, God, this would be a lot of fun if I was half the age I am. <laughs> but um, we How played last last Saturday. We played this place. Conversation called... get to be so a old party. I know. I'm sorry. I I, I think it's just because I'm cold right now. You're cold and old. Cold and old and, oh, my back. Have your balls started sagging yet? You don't need to know that. <laughs> Our listeners need to know. <laughs> it could cause problems when you're sitting on the drum stool. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're pretty good, actually. Okay. So you can yeah. still, you can still can do still a drum. mean partridge heart? <laughs> Chicken heart. <laughs> I thought you... Oh, yeah, it became the partridge heart, didn't it? Right. I think we had an episode called Partridge. Called Partridge Heart. This is true. You did. That was a few years back. Oh Partridge Heart. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So what happened at this gig? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Bef- bef- before she okay. derailed you. Wait, are you talking about the? I played a gig last weekend. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. It was this really awesome place called Soy Bomb um, on Bathurst. Soy Bomb. And, um, That's so 1990. What, is it? Soy bomb. That's uh, what. Um, when was it? Uh, the Bob Dylan was playing a song on a TV show, and someone ran out with that written on their chest. That's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway. Um, and I think yeah, I think the name is obviously a direct reference to that. But but it's a cool little loft space uh, where uh, the guy who owns the loft space is a skateboarder, and he actually has a half pipe in his loft. Mm. And um, the band sets up in the half pipe. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what a half pipe is. You know, when you see the skateboarders um, go in that U-shape thing and they go back and oh, forth. Oh, God. And the best, the, the most exciting part about it is when they fall. Yeah. Yeah. Like figure um, skating. So how did that sound? Terrible? It's not a big half pipe. It's, it's um, oh, stand by. I might have to go. It's not a big half pipe. It's like a smaller one. But, uh. And actually, the, the the room sounds really good. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Is this boring? Better than talking to each other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're so bored of each other. It's ridiculous. Do you have to go grip Benicio Del Toro's ass? Um, no, other way around. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's um, moving in for uh, coverage. Same angle, same lighting. No change. Yay. Yeah. We're so fucking happy you answered the phone. You guys have the worst timing. That's why. I'm always at work in the middle of something or... Or drunk in the middle of something. (laughs) Just such a busy guy. Hold on a second. Okay, that's me, I guess. I gotta go, guys. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Maybe I can can still talk to you as I I run towards set. Can you get Benicio Del Toro on the phone? I, I was lying about Benny Shield Del Toro, okay? Oh, damn it. Why do you why do you lie? <laughs> well, because I have to make this show interesting when you guys call me, so now you now now it's my heavy breathing that gets to entertain your, your listenership. Did you yeah, say, I'm only running by the way. Did you say bad breathing? Heavy breathing. Heavy breathing. Don't they yeah. don't they frown upon people running in the set with uh, something in their hand, and and uh, and a cell phone in the other? Only when it's scissors. Yeah. Speaking of which, I should put the cell phone down. Hold on. You do kind of sound like you're doing something dirty. <laughs> it's okay. Hold on a second. It's all our listeners do anyway. Here's, okay. Here's some film speak for you guys. Where's the wood tub? It's like bring your listener to work day. <laughs> I like you guys it. still need uh, the half apples in there? Ooh, half apple. What the fuck is a half apple? It's uh, an apple box is a wooden box about uh, about a foot. And a half apple is half that size. How do you know this stuff? Because. Because Preston's a filmmaker. He fancies himself a filmmaker. <laughs> Because I've also done uh, a little bit of gripping and had to run more than one apple box. I know you've done more than a little bit of gripping. (laughs) I'll be doing some gripping after this. You walk smack into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Gripping's funny. Yeah.
what else you guys want to talk about? Um, mostly, crisis was, crisis well, was averted, so. I, I was hoping okay. you had lots of naughty, I'm single again, sex stories, but clearly not. Um, I am sort of... Uh, oh, you have a booty call situation. Sort of, yeah. A, um, a long-ago girlfriend of mine who now lives in Texas. And you've been, like, cyber booty calling? There's been some actual booty calling. When were you in Texas? A couple months ago. I did not know this. Pardon? I said I did not know this. How dare you go to Texas and not tell us? Well, you don't live in Texas. I know, but you should still keep us in the loop. <laughs> okay, copy that. Mm-hmm. So you went to Texas for a booty call? Yeah, I'm going I'm going for another one too. <gasps> and she's not too young for you? Um, she's older than I am. Oh, do we know her? Maybe. How long ago was she your girlfriend? She was once in 94. Okay. We knew and you then. then. Uh, and she lived in Chicago at the time. It was when I was making uh, the first Monster Voodoo record. Back oh, when now it's going to really bug me who this is. Um, but you, you did meet her because the second time we dated, it was around, I want to say, like, 99. Okay, but we knew you in 94 also. Yeah, but um, you didn't meet her then because I only dated her in Chicago. Gotcha. She never, she never came to Toronto. Oh, Wait, I think I know who this is. Yeah, because I think, I think she came to a Rat Pack show Uh-huh. when she was in Toronto. Yeah, well, then I like, definitely don't remember who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're so drunk at every Rat Pack show just to wear your costume. Yeah just to gather the gumption to wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm positive that we played a show. I think it was at, uh, when we played B-Side. B-Side, yes, I was going to say that. Okay, yeah, I think we met her. And it's good? The booty calling is good? The booty calling is fantastic. Yay! Well, good for you. Yay! <laughs> we like to live by... So, there, so there, there, there's stuff going on, just... Uh, just not often enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did she end up in Texas? She just wanted to leave Chicago, and, and her uh, her parents were down there, and she wanted to go somewhere warm anyway. And Fair enough. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you get... She doesn't have a drawl, though. Is that a good or a bad thing? I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the Texan drawl is kind of... It makes you sound stupid even when you're smart. That's true. Yeah, you know, it's kind of cute. I don't want to alienate could... our Texan listeners, but I do find that to be Oh, oh they know. Uh, the, well, the thing is... You is just that, open a new, a new topic for discussion. You know, it's a, a drawl is kind of cute, uh, but I could... Either you would get used to it, I think, or after a little while, it, it would just drive you fucking bananas. I think it would drive me yeah. bananas. It's funny, actually, since she moved to Texas, um, when she lived in Chicago, she, she kind of had a bit of a Chicago... Um, I guess it's not a drawl, but, but although I do she, affect she, a southern drawl when I'm around Texans, I don't do it on purpose, and they think I'm making fun yeah. of them, but it rubs off on me really fast. Yeah, you, you do say like y'all and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it totally rubs off. Totally, totally. Speaking of Rat Pack, is there ever going to be another Rat Pack show? No. Oh. <laughs> Highly unlikely. I would kill to see buttons in that baby blue fucking polyester jumpsuit just one more time. Oh, just one more time. I only wore it once. I know, but it's an image that's burned in my brain forever. Yeah, and you want to see that again? Not really, but it's like a bad accident. I can't look away. Yeah, I mean, your your, your reaction was, ew. Well, well, talk about Partridge Heart. Everything was just right out there. I, I, I 
I'm going to have to listen to the podcast because I, uh, I I missed the whole last two minutes of what you guys are talking about because I was scrambling to, to get gear. I was talking about Buttons wearing, okay. Just... wearing that polyester jumpsuit. Oh, God. I know. Anyway, um, we should let you go. Probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sort of, yeah, I'm yeah. Okay, well, trying to do two things at once. We're so happy that you answered the phone. Give Benicio Del Toro's ass our best. <laughs> Send the other cart. And go grip something. Um, bring them that, and I'll go get the other thing. Okay, I gotta go, guys. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Yay! Now let's wrap this motherfucker. Agreed. Go to the website, airmyshorts.com or theitsbox.com. Play with the plot plunger. <laughs> Ooh. As Max Max did. Play with the plot plunger and uh, generate a, a story for yourself and submit that story to us for 800 uh, words or less or around that mark. Well, and we'll it read it. Generate a story. Well, no, write your story It'll based give on the you idea. A premise as Max Max did, and he did a wonderful job. That that plunge again buttons was. Uh, that plunge was rug-selling blasphemer hauls home estrogen-deficient garden gnome to live a longer life. Fabulous. Fan-fucking-fucking-tastic. Send your short stories to shorts at the itspot.com. That's shorts at the itspot.com. Call us on our audio comment line. 30570 shits. 70 shits. Shows. <laughs> That's 30570 shits. Shows. As in, shows me your partridge heart. Thanks for listening. Ooh. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Air out your shorts by sending your short stories to shorts at theitspot.com or visit us at our website at theitspot.com. Air out my shorts! My shorts! Fuck you.